0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. The message is for Sunday, February the 26th, 2023. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Melvin Gaines. We're going to go ahead and get started with a word of prayer. Lord, we just thank you for your presence at this time. We thank you, Lord, for your inspiration. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that you give to us to give us wisdom from the knowledge that you impart to us. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing for us. And, Lord, we want to be more prepared to be able to speak your truth to others in the world. We thank you, Lord, for how you have just set things up so nicely for us that we can indeed proclaim truth. And, Lord, we want to be in fellowship with you at all times. We give you praise and thanks. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of this message today is A History Lesson. A History Lesson. This past week, I was part of a committee presentation for my company's declaration or celebration of Black History Month. Within this presentation, it was important to point out that the recognition of those who are a part of black history is beneficial to all Americans of all races It is especially important for African-Americans to learn and know about people of color who made history with important societal contributions in science, technology, arts, and literature. Now, the truth is, many black Americans do not know much about history, let alone black history. Now, there are many schools that are now teaching it, teaching black history, along with key moments in American history. But... Is any of this information really sticking with the children? You know, there is something wrong when, according to data collected by Brainly in 2021, and Brainly is a website that helps with student homework and studying, 63% of students didn't know Martin Luther King Jr.'s accomplishments or were unaware of some of the most important things he did in his part in America's civil rights movement. According to the survey results from Brainly, after surveying more than 1,700 U.S. students, the findings were as follows. Over 25% of U.S. students said that Dr. King did not lead the Montgomery bus boycott. Roughly 18% didn't know Dr. King organized the March on Washington. 19% said Dr. King didn't give the famous I have a dream speech. This is the reason why we need to talk about Black History Month. We need to talk about history, period. Why? Because human nature reminds us that we can be our own worst enemy if we don't learn the lessons of history. Winston Churchill, in a 1948 speech to the House of Commons, paraphrased writer and philosopher George Santayana with the words, those that fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Nicholas Claremont, philosopher and contributing editor to Big Think or BigThink.com, writes, It may be common sense that all the good things and all the bad things about people and the way that we organize ourselves are simply going to breed patterns as we continue to make history as a species it may be that we are simply given to a certain irrationality which leads us down paths, some disastrous, again and again. Now, let's look at people familiar to us in Bible history. There are many passages in the Old Testament where God himself or others declare him to be the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And we see that in Exodus chapter 3, verse 6. Yet, if we look at the lives of these men, we will see a body of evidence to show that these men were subject to human nature, just as we are. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Genesis chapter 15, and then we'll look at verse 6. Genesis 15, verse 6. Let's start here. We have a few more verses to look at. But this one uh, will be very telling about the relationship that Abram or Abraham had with God. Genesis 15, verse 6. And Abram, uh, also Abraham, believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Now let's look at another passage real quick. James chapter 2, all the way to the New Testament now. James chapter 2, we're going to read verses 21 through 23. And this is going to follow basically what we just read in Genesis fifteen six. James chapter 2, verse 21 through 23. This is from the Christian Standard Bible. Wasn't Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? You see that faith was active together with his works. And by works, faith was perfected. So the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness. And he was called God's friend. But we also see Abraham in a negative light. He lied to protect himself from being killed by King Abimelech. That's in Genesis 20 verses 1 and 2. And he and his wife Sarai, also Sarah, showed a lack of trust in God's word about having children. And that's in Genesis 16. As a result, Hagar was given over to Abram and gave birth to Ishmael. Abraham had to repent of his sins of lying in order for God to bless him and Sarah with their true firstborn, Isaac. Now let's look at Isaac. Go to Genesis 26. And we'll look at verses 23 through 25. Genesis 26, verses 23 through 25. This is going to be the christian Center Bible version. Genesis 26, verse 23. From there he went up to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared to him that night and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your offspring because of my servant, Abraham. So he built an altar there, called on the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. Isaac's servants also dug a well there. Now, Isaac, following in the footsteps of his father, had already lied to a future king, Abimelech, about his wife, Rebekah, as he feared for his own life, stating, she is my sister. That's in Genesis 26, 7. His sons were Jacob and Esau. There was ongoing conflict within the household of Jacob and his wife, Rebekah. Isaac loved Esau because of his hunting prowess, but Rebekah loved Jacob. That's Genesis 25, verse 28. Esau was the firstborn, but he had already rejected his birthright to Jacob over some bread and a pot of stew. That's in Genesis 25, verses 29 through 33. And later, Jacob, with the prompting of Rebekah, deceived Isaac to receive his blessing. Genesis 27. And yet, God blessed Jacob, who would eventually be renamed Israel by God. Genesis 32:28. So what you can see from Scripture are the imperfections of these three men. And if we were to continue in the bloodline and look at Jacob's ten sons outside of Joseph and Benjamin, we would see that they were also a mess as well. (laughs) They caused a lot of trouble for Jacob throughout his life. But these men who were jealous of Joseph and evil-minded eventually experienced deep regret and repented for their treatment of Joseph. From there, they experienced God's forgiveness. Even after this experience, they were the foundation of the 12 tribes of Israel, but like all of us, struggled with fleshly behavior. All of these men were flawed by sinfulness. Human nature over the course of history has followed the pattern of disaster for generation after generation. Take a look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs 14, we're going to look at verse 22. Proverbs 14, verse 22. And this is in the New Living Translation. If you plan to do evil, you will be lost. If you plan to do good, you will receive unfailing love and faithfulness. Have you noticed how God shows us over and over again how flawed people represent him in the efforts to win over others for Jesus? All that he wants from us, the flawed people, which we are, is to believe in him. He already loves us because we are his special creation, and he is faithful with his own promises. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Let's go through uh, quickly verses 26 through 28. Genesis chapter 1, all the way back at the beginning of your Bibles. And we'll look at verses 26 through 28 in Genesis 1. Genesis 1, verse 26. This is a New Living Translation. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on earth, on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Verse 27, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. We are God's special creation. We were not created originally as flawed people, but even though we now have Adam's sin nature, God still loves us. His remedy for us in salva- is in salvation through Jesus Christ, the remedy for our sin nature. We just need to believe in him and who he is. Here's a prime example of this this is a relatively long passage so i'll need you to follow along in your bible we're going to look at john chapter 4 and we're going to go to verse 3 and we're going to go all the way to verse 30 you're going to recognize right away what this is Uh, this is the new living translation john chapter 4 verses 3 through 30 and this is going to be Jesus' encounter with the samaritan woman at the well verse 3 of john chapter 4 I'm going to go through the whole passage. I want you to listen very carefully to the detail involved here in this passage about where Jesus was, who he was was involved with, and the encounter itself, how radical it really was, and what the result was. John chapter 4, verse 3. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Verse 7, Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. Verse 9, The woman was surprised. For Jews refuse to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Verse 11. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Verse 13, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again. I won't have to come here to get water. Verse 16, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. For you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the one you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Verse 19 Sir, the woman said, You must be a prophet. So tell me why it is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshiped. And Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship. While we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Verse 25, the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming. The one who is called Christ, when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Verse 26, then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man Who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? Verse 30. So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Okay, that's the passage. uh, Verses 3 through verse 30 in John chapter 4. This village has historical significance in that one of Jacob's wells was located there. And this woman was very popular and influential in the village. Everyone knew who she was. And yet Jesus loved her and must have known that she would bring many people to Jesus. She was very intelligent and had a lot of historical knowledge. But she was flawed as well. She was divorced five times and was unmarried in her present relationship. But Jesus... Used her. God uses flawed people to fulfill his will and demonstrate his faithfulness. Are you getting the picture of today's history lesson? Because that's what this is. It's a history lesson. What you should be getting here is that no one is beyond redemption by Jesus and that everyone who believes in him can be an active member in the body of Christ. In spite of our history of sinful, fleshly behavior, he loves us. He loves us even though we don't deserve to be loved, but he loves us anyway. Please take your Bibles and electronic devices and turn to 1 John chapter 4 and let's look at verses 9 and 10. 1 John chapter 4 verses 9 and 10. 1 John 4, verses 9 and 10. This is the New Living Translation. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Amen. Now, turn to 2 Peter. Go back to 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. 2 Peter 3, verses 8 and 9. And one thing we have to remember, when we talk about history um, and the time that we experience, God doesn't experience it in the same manner that we do. And that's a good thing. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, this is the New Living Translation But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise. What promise? The promise that some people think? No, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Aren't you glad that God is patient? God is very patient. That is the reflection of his grace. But we need to remain in prayer for others who don't know Jesus in order that they will accept Jesus. We have a group of people in our sphere of influence who need our prayers and to hear the truth of the gospel. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 through 5, I'll read through that. I urge you first of all to pray for all people, ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings who are, and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. Amen. We need to know more about our history. We need to look at our history in the Bible. The most important elements of history center around the works of Jesus. What are the words that best represent the character of Jesus? Well, there's many passages that can do that, but I selected one that's uh, pretty pertinent here. Look at Revelation 19. Revelation 19. And let's look at verse 11. Revelation 19, verse 11. What are the words that best represent the character of Jesus? Verse 11, Revelation 19. Then I saw heaven opened and a white horse was standing there. Its rider, this is being Jesus, was named faithful and true. For he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. Jesus is faithful and true. He's righteous in everything that he does. Our faith in him is what makes us righteous and precious in his sight. In spite of who we are, he is the great I am. Amen. The God we serve is a God of all history. But he's also the God of our present. And he knows our future into eternity. Let's continue to dig deep into his word and recognize his truth and faithfulness. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 13. 2 Timothy 2 verse 13. 2 Timothy 2 verse 13. 2 this is the English Standard Version. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. That's his character. He remains faithful. And God wants to use each of us to proclaim his good news wherever we are and wherever we go. May we remain faithful to him as he is always faithful to us father thank you for your teaching and lord we thank you for how you used people throughout history abraham isaac jacob and all those who followed lord they were all flawed we are all flawed we all have a sin nature but lord as you call upon us may we always repent from our sins and turn back to you. We thank you, Lord, for choosing us. We thank you for loving us unconditionally because of the righteousness you give to us by going to the cross for us. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done, all that you continue to do. May we all recognize that there was no person in the Bible outside of you who is uh, perfect. All of us are imperfect. Yet if we trust in you, you make us perfect and righteous in your sight. Thank you for your teaching. Thank you for your encouragement, Lord. Thank you for reminding us to pray for others who need salvation as well. Bless us and keep us, Lord, and we give you the praise and thanks and give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining me today for today's message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. For more content, please go to akronalliance.org, Alliance, all one word, dot Or also follow us on Facebook on our Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you next time.